What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. It's Tuesday morning, which means we're getting into our week 11 waiver wire must ads. We're going to go through 10 players. We have some wide receivers, some running backs, some tight ends, all under 50% owned on ESPN. So let's not waste any time. If you enjoyed the video at any point, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm now with these waiver wire videos i divide the players into two parties you have my priority ads which are players that i would bid 15 percent or more of my fab budget on guys that you should be spending a good chunk of change on and then just ads that you should just be getting when they roll in after waivers or for like zero dollars of fab and when we talk about our must add priority ad type guys we have Isaiah Pacheco, Rutgers boy, and he's someone where it's tough because he didn't light up the stat sheet or anything, but he is probably the number one waiver wire ad this week. He only had 5.2 PPR points, but it's really more the usage here. He had 16 carries, 82 yards. He had a fumble, uh, but it didn't really affect his playing time. It seemed like they still trust him, trust him, him or whatever. He handled 16 of 18 of the running back rushes. He had 55% of the snaps. He ran just two less routes than McKinnon. Overall, really good usage. And you look at here, he has essentially completely taken over Clyde Edwards-Alaire's role. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had four snaps. Isaiah Pacheco's 35. He led the entire backfield. And Pacheco's now in that role that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in or was in from like those first four or five weeks where he got hot scoring touchdowns. And he was, I'm not going to say league winner, but he was somebody where if you had him the first five weeks, your team was doing really well. And I think just being on this offense, it's going to score a lot of points. But Checo's in a spot here where he could run hot and get you those big spike weeks in terms of touchdowns just because of the offense that he's on. So McKinnon's the pass catching back here. You guys can see two-minute drill, third downs, all McKinnon. But early down stuff, all play, you know, short yardage. I think goal line is going to be more of an even split between Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, there was only one goal line snap, so not really a big sample there. But... They get the Chargers next week, who are allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs. Pacheco should be in line to be like a fringe top 30-ish play. So, you know, if you have like a Fournette on buy or something like that and you need an instant fill-in that's in that like, you know, super high-end RB3, fringe RB2 area, Pacheco's your guy. Now, we have two other priority ads as well. And first up, we have Rashad White. And Rashad White's tricky because... He has a buy this week, so if you drop all of your cash on him, you can't play him right away. So if you need an immediate starter and you're one of those guys that has a running back injury or somebody on buy that you need to fill in for, I think ETN's on buy as well. Or no, I don't think – is ETN on buy? I don't know why I thought that. But, again, if you have somebody on buy, you're going to need to go out there and grab somebody you can put in right away. Rashad White isn't that guy, but – if you don't need a running back immediately and you kind of have the luxury to, you know, spend up on a premium handcuff with more upside, Rashad White is that. He ended up this week with 22 carries and 105 rushing yards. He was efficient. He looked good. His previous highs and rush attempts were eight attempts for 27 yards. So 22 carries and 105 rushing yards is a massive, I would say, vote of confidence in just him as a player from this Tampa Bay staff. Now, here's the tricky part. I held out so long for you guys trying to find 
any kind of graphic. I even tweeted out my boy Hayden Winks. I was like, hey man, he does these really cool graphics where he uh, does like chronological chronological order of each running back snap in the game. Couldn't find it. So all I have is that Fournette outtouched Rashad White 14 to 11 before Fournette got hurt. But Rashad White started the game. He ended the first half. He started the second half. He was the like quote unquote starting running back. He didn't like lead the the running back room in touches, but he did lead it in snaps before Fournette went down. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you guys that Rashad White's gonna come in here and just like take control of this backfield. Leonard Fournette is a veteran on this Tampa Bay team. You know, he was a huge part of the Super Bowl. They're not just going to kick him to the curb. But I think what was once a like 65-35% snap share or timeshare, I think it'll be more 55-45, 50-50 split. Somewhere in there. So that's the one thing to be prioritized on a team like the Bucks, where if they bounce back in any way and this offense becomes a top five to ten scoring unit, that is a really valuable role. You could have a standalone role just on efficiency, big plays, uh, if they get him involved in the passing game. That was the weird part about this game. He had zero targets for like the first time all season. I don't think that's going to stick. I think that was more of a game script thing. They were beating up on the Seahawks until like the last like five minutes. Regardless, he should see a little bit of a standalone role here. And then essentially he is the most valuable handcuff in the league outside of like your Tony Pollard's, maybe like AJ Dillon's of the world. Now we also have a wide receiver in our priority ads here. We have Christian Watson who just went absolutely insane. He played for the first time in his career, 90% plus of the routes. He was treated as a starting wide receiver and he balled out. He had eight targets, four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns. He had a Randy Moss stat line, 32.7 32.7 points. I was fortunate enough that I started him in a couple spots just because I was that down bad. Um, he went crazy, man. 38% target per out run, 5.1 yards per out run. Yards per out run, like Tyree kills at like 3.5 and he leads the league right now. 5.1 in a game is crazy. He was super efficient. Now, obviously, he's not going to maintain a 38% target per out run, a 5.1 yards per out run, but he at least flashed a lot of his upside. It's not going to hold long term, but I think that he flashed the talent. It seems like Aaron Rodgers starting to trust him now. And with Romeo Dobbs and Randall Cobb still hurt, he's going to get a shot to go out there, start again next week. And that gives him a really wide range of outcomes. Because if the snaps stay in that 85% plus territory and he maintains any kind of efficiency, he could be this year's rookie wide receiver league winner, you know, a la Jalen Waddell, Amon Ross St. Brown last year. So he's somebody where if he's available on waivers and you're somebody that is really struggling at flex or wide receiver. He's someone that needs to be a priority. Now, shifting off from that, we have just our normal ads here, which are just players that I would just kind of, you know, sneak in $0 bids, whatever you got to do. And we'll start with the running backs. And we have Jalen Warren up top here. And he's another one. He, he's like budget Rashad White where... He hit a season high in touches and PPR points. He had nine carries for 37 yards. He had three catches for 40 yards, 10.7 PPR points. He played about 40% of the snaps, which is impressive for him, right? So he, I think, spelled Najee Harris the most that he spelled him the entire year. 40% of the snaps. He was the third down back. He's cutting into the early down stuff. He's cutting into the goal line stuff. So he's not even just strictly a, a, a third down pass catching back. He's cutting into... All phases essentially outside of the two-minute drill, which Najee is still that guy on. The issue here is I don't think that this offense will ever be good enough where Jalen Warren could not play the majority of the snaps and still give you any kind of standalone value. To me, he's still a pure handcuff, but I think that he, outside of the Rashad Whites and the Tony Pollards and the A.J. Dillons, and I guess you could put Alexander Madison in there as well, 
I think he's probably like next up as like the must own handcuff where if Najee was to go down, Jalen Warren kind of reminds me of obviously with Mike Tomlin, you have the D'Angelo Williams, the James Conner years where he just plugs and plays any running back that is on his team and gives him a bell cow amount of volume. I think Jalen Warren would be in line for that. I just wouldn't want to give you guys false hope that he'll just like take over this backfield. I don't, I think they sunk too much draft capital into Najee Harris to be like, we're going to start Jalen Warren. I know that that's been some of the buzz coming out uh, of, I guess, like their practices and stuff. I, I just don't see a clear takeover ever really happening there. Uh, but then after that, we have Kyron Williams, who isn't the sexiest ad. Um, it was just his first game back from injury. He's kind of a fun-ish prospect. He uh, came out of Notre Dame, caught a lot of passes. I believe he had two years at Notre Dame with 35 or more receptions, which is really impressive. I would say like 20 plus is like pretty good for any college back. So Kyron Williams is a pass catching specialist. He kind of reminds me of Eno Benjamin, where he's like this non-athletic pass catcher who's got some wiggle between the tackles. And in his first game here, he outsnapped Akers. He dominated the two-minute drill snaps. He had 73% of the two-minute drill snaps. He had 30% target per out run. That's solid. But he only had 6.9 PPR points. But again, it was his first start. I think he has upside for more here if they ever decide to sit Cam Akers, right, where they had like that three-game stretch where they were just like, Cam Akers, you're literally not going to touch the field. And they end up just using Henderson between the tackles, Kyron Williams as a pass-catching guy with, you know, change of pace carry here and there. I think he'd be all right, especially if this offense makes any kind of improvement. It's just been so bad this year, this Rams offense, that there hasn't been a ton of fantasy value for the running game. Again, it's not like the prettiest pick in the world, but I think you could do a lot better uh, or you could do a lot worse in terms of just storing potential, you know, handcuffs that get thrusted into a starting role on your bench. Because if like Darrell Williams or Darrell Henderson, I don't know why I said Darrell Williams, but if Darrell Henderson got hurt this week, Kyron Williams is in a really nice, juicy spot, which is kind of the thesis with a lot of these bench running backs. Now, after that, we're going to switch over to the wide receivers. And we have a guy who... I debated putting in the priority ad. I would call him right in between. He's like on the fringes of a priority ad because he is somebody where like, I don't even know if I would be comfortable starting him this week. Um, But I do think he has a lot of upside. And if you have the luxury that you don't need somebody to give you points right away, I think Kadarius Tony is a really interesting waiver wire ad. He went absolutely bananas in his limited snaps. This is a tweet that I had for our top 10 lessons video. He ended up with five targets, four catches, 57 yards, one touchdown, 19.9 PPR points on just 17 snaps, which is really good. Among 30 wide receivers with five or more targets on Sunday, he was sixth in PFF grade, fourth in yards per out run, fourth in yak per reception, first in passer rating when targeted, first in missed tackles forced, just across the board, making plays. He had like this one clip where he like adjusted his glove mid-route and then went up and mossed like two DBs. He has a ton of talent. He's kind of a weirdo. Uh, I love the 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 clip where they're like, who's your favorite teammate or whatever? He's like Patrick Mahomes, and he just, like, he just looks like a gremlin. Um, but I love it, man. Uh, he's shifty. He makes plays. I think that Andy Reid's going to want to really scheme him in this offense. And right now you have McCole Hardman and you have Juju Smith-Schuster both dealing with injuries. So he could come out here next week and be the starting wide receiver in two sets with just him and Marquez Valdez-Scantling out there. Uh but you really never know. Justin Watson gets a ton of ton of routes in this offense. He was still behind Justin Watson in routes. I do think that he'll be moving ahead of Justin Watson in the depth chart very soon here. But again, 
it's tough to trust him in a lineup at this point, but I think that he probably presents the most upside at wide receiver outside of Christian Watson on waivers. After that, we have Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he's a tough one for me to grapple with because he's just not that sexy. He's like a super low ceiling wide receiver, which I don't love. Like when I put a guy in my flex spot, I want someone that can have spike weeks, right? I had Christian Watson in some lineups. He'll he'll win you a week. Do the same thing with uh you know guys like Gabe Davis or even guys like Alan, Alan Lazard, who I don't even love, but he kind of offers you that upside. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been consistent, but I'm not sure he's given you like difference-making production. He has passed 10 or more PPR points in four of his last four games. Six of his nine games on the year have been over 10 PPR points, but he has no game over 15 PPR points. You have the threat of Njoku coming back soon who is going to take away a lot of this recent success from him. I don't know if he's going to be back this week or next week, but it seems like he'll be back soon. I think if it's a deep league and you're down bad for any type of points to be in your flex, I guess he's your guy. Uh, Maybe Deshaun Watson comes in and he kind of realizes his ceiling there. I think that's being optimistic. Again, low ceiling wide receiver. I'm not all that interested in him, but I know that there's people out there that really love them. Some Donovan Peoples-Jones. Again, if you could use like 10 PPR points, I guess he's your guy. Now, after that, we have Paris Campbell who was somebody that I was kind of ready to give up on, but he's been a stud when Matt Ryan is playing. He had nine targets for seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown this week. Had over 20 PPR points, I believe. It's just pretty crazy that he, I'm not going to say he's not like panning out at this point. It's like a dynasty asset, but he is producing. In his last three games with Matt Ryan, he has averaged 20.7 points per game in his last two, three games of Sam Ellinger. He's averaged 6.4 points per game, so just been night and day. And it seems like Jeff Saturday is going to have Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback moving forward, which means that Paris Campbell moving forward should be a fringe flex option every week. I think not even fringe. I would say pretty much a, a guy you can put in your flex spot every week, regardless of buys or what's going on. He could somehow probably find his way into your lineup as long as you're playing in a, you know, like a 12-man, two wide receiver, two flex league. He's probably someone you can play every week. Uh, after that, we have Traylon Burks who didn't do a ton, and he's kind of like a Darius Toney, where he's not someone I would be confident to put in a lineup next week, but he's someone that offers as much upside as you can find that wide receiver uh, on the waiver wire. He's young. He's a rookie. He has the upside like, you know, we talk about all the time, but Amon Ross St. Brown, his rookie year, Chase Claypool, his rookie year, Ayuk, his rookie year, A.J. Brown, his rookie year, all of these guys that went out there and, you know, won people a lot of money in their rookie years. Now, Traylon Burks didn't go, go crazy, He had three catches, 24 yards, 5.4 PPR points, but he did have six targets. He had a 76.3% route participation. He's firmly in that rotation. He had a 20.6% target per run, which is elite. Anything above 20% for rookie is really, really good. He's fresh off an injury. I didn't really expect him to go crazy, but it's nice to see that he was running routes. He was commanding targets, which is good. Again, rookie wide receivers have upside. So if you have the space to just sort of have Traylon Burks on your bench and sort of see if he ascends at any point. I think he's worth the add. Uh, I wouldn't go head over heels for Traylon Burks, though. Now, we have one tight end on our list as well. And someone I really haven't been putting a lot of respect on this year, Cole Komet. He is now the tight end one in half PPR over the last three weeks. And I will say that's largely on the back of having five touchdowns during that stretch. And he's now, I believe, second among all tight ends and receiving touchdowns, which is wild. But you know, if he's going to be producing like this, he's not someone that should be on waivers. He's also seeing more volume as the year goes on. He had a season high seven targets this week. He had a season high or his previous season high 
with six targets the week before. He is seeing the most volume that he's seen. He's running a fine amount of routes for tight ends. He ran 77% of the routes this week. His previous four weeks were 77%, 71%, 82%, 87%. 70% plus is good. 80% plus is elite. So he's right in that area. He's building a rapport with Fields now. I'd call him a streamable tight end moving forward. Like He's probably like a fringe top 12 guy. Uh, if you need a tight end fill-in, I think that he is probably just fine. You can sort of just fire him up whenever. And he gets Atlanta this week, who's allowing the six most adjusted fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Now, that is going to do it for us today. As always, make sure you check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Every single Tuesday, later on today, I'm going to go sit down. I don't know why I'm so congested right now, but I'm going to go sit down, write my waiver wire article where I go through every player on this list, a bunch of other players. I go like 10 to 15 players deep at each position, and I give out how much fab I would bid on those players and a little blurb of, you know, any important stats I think that are important to give to you guys. So if you're interested in that, my dynasty rankings, my prospect grades, rest of season rankings, weekly rankings, all that good stuff, that'll be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. You can find that in the description or the top of the comments below. As always, if you can contribute there, just watching the video, leaving a like, subscribing goes a really long way, especially at this point in the year. Things are coming to a close. Things are getting whittled down here, but I, the beauty of it is, is that the people who are still watching are the guys who are winning their leagues. I think that we just sort of keep shedding people that are just like eliminated from their leagues. So if you made it this far, if you're still like sort of interested in fantasy and watching these videos, it means you're probably still in the hunt. Uh, so good on you. Um, that's going to do it for us today. I, I actually recorded this. I usually don't record these in the morning, but it's 1030 AM, uh, time for me to write the trade targets video for tomorrow. So as always, I appreciate you guys and I will see you in the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Channel, Chatham's on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag of on. Rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr.